Hello, hello, hello. We're going to be starting this episode off with a quick uh, Jiffy Pop review. Spongebob, whatever it was called. Yeah, so the film is called the Spongebob movie Sponge on the Run. Sponge on the Run. Third uh, theatrically released Spongebob film. Is it canon? Uh, I guess so. I'm giving this movie based on all of the facts. You didn't talk about it. Oh, okay. Uh, The animation's kind of lame. Uh, I think it's okay. They've now adapted the new... um, the new meta of making the baby characters. So we got baby SpongeBob, baby Patrick, yep. baby Sandy, kind of baby Mr. Krabs. Just wait them wait till we get those in SpongeBob cards. Yeah. So I'm gonna based on the baby characters alone, <laughs> I'm giving this movie five bags out of ten. The animation the was kind of lame. The story was kind of boring, and then they kind of try to pull at your heartstrings at the end with Look how cute baby Spongebob was. Was he looking cute, though? No, actually. I thought he was kind of lame. Oh, and baby Squidward. And baby Squidward <laughs> was bad at the clarinet. Ha ha. And, yeah. No. And, yeah. What about baby Sandy, baby Patrick, baby Plankton? Was there a baby Plankton? No, because he's the same age as Mr. Krabs, and they weren't babies. Ever. Ever. What's that whale? What's her name? Pearl. Pearl? Why wasn't she in the movie? Isn't she, she kind of a main everything. character? Well, she's Mr. Krabs' daughter, but I mean, what is she, what role is she going to serve in the story here? The sex appeal, I would hope. Well, you know what? It's not that kind of movie, son. Like okay. I said, Sandy, so. Yeah, we had Sandy this time. Yeah. And uh, Tiffany Haddock. Was, Who's that? You know, Tiffany Haddish. Nope. You just changed her name. I know. Well, because in the movie, she's Haddock because it's a fish joke. Oh, do they credit her as Haddock? No, like, her character in the movie is Tiffany Haddock, and her real name is Tiffany Haddish. Who are you talking about? You know what? Just forget it. Okay? In the Spongebob Luke, movie? In the Spongebob movie. That Luke, we watched? Yeah. Wh- Lucas, Lucas, is, uh, don't worry, guys. After this show, I'll, I'll get Lucas to look up Tiffany Haddish, and he'll find out who, who she is. What was her character in the movie? She was, like, the announcer lady. Announcer for what? In Atlantic City. Remember the lady who's like... Oh! Introducing Spongebob Squarepants. <laughs> yeah, the movie kind of sucked. How many bags for you? Uh, i give it like two. It, yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't great. Uh, the first movie was quite good. second one was probably at this level. I don't think we need any more Spongebob. I think Spongebob should be cancelled. No, it makes money. Makes too much money, but uh, I'm over it. So, is it uh, like the, uh, is is it the longest running kids cartoon? Perhaps, because like uh, Simpsons since... is probably the longest running cartoon, right? Yeah. So Simpsons like, since '89 and SpongeBob since '99. So yeah, maybe I I I I think Sesame Street has been on longer. Not a cartoon though. Oh, for cartoons, then yeah, I suppose so. I can't that or uh, would Looney Tunes still like? I don't think so. Do they still make those? They still make them, but I don't think that counts. No. No. All right. Well, either way, we're talking about a better movie today. We're talking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, not the one with Matthew McConaughey. We're talking about the one with actors you've never heard of before. I'm gonna get their names up because I actually do. Do have 
some props I want to give to the actors in this movie. Um, the big one is Gunnar Hansen. He plays uh, Leatherface. Uh, and, you know, Jim Sido, Sidow. <laughs> you don't know him, okay? You don't know these people. Neither do I. That's not... Uh... If this movie was so influential, how come nobody else got work after this? What uh, Name some stuff Mark Hamill's in other than Batman. Joker. I, Yeah. Wait, try again. That's it. Yeah. That's so all he needs. Star Wars he went, he went from He went from Luke to Joker. He moved up in the world. Next. He, he moved up. <laughs> he moved up in the world. I know, what I, told I, best. I, I know what I said. Okay. Next. Was Star Trek influential? No. All right. Well, whatever. Uh, either. Anyways, we chose this movie. Matt's on a squeaky chair. Uh, we're doing the show. This is a show. You're listening to the show. It's a show. Matthew? Yeah, they've been listening for the last five minutes. Has it been five minutes already? Yep. Okay. Anyways, so if you haven't seen the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you, d you definitely should. Um, it's a good movie. I love it a whole lot. This was maybe my fourth or fifth time watching it now. Uh, I watched it I the first time, I think two years ago. Uh, my girlfriend and I, we do these... We do this horror... I don't know if I talked about this before on the show. But we do this horror marathon. Um, we started last year in October, and we just did the month of October. That, that was two... Birds are really pissing me off today. The, yeah, that jalapeno? Yeah. Um, we started in October. But anyways, we should have started in September. But what we do is we just fill a bag with the uh, names of horror movies and then we just pull one out every time we have the chance to this was one of them and it was definitely the standout from all of the ones that we've watched uh, so far i know you didn't love it as much as i do i think it's a really good movie yeah yeah um, it, it got better on the rewatch yeah yeah um but uh let's just jump into it i think we're gonna try what we tried to do last movie which is just kind of go through the movie um, the, and then just stop along the way and just talk about kind of the whole plot and stop along the way on parts that we like. Um, so the movie starts off with this, um, narration just kind by this, by a character who's not in the movie, as far as I know. Um, and he basically just says that what we're about to see is real, um, and just kind of goes on to describe what we're going to see. And that, the intro, that's you, the intro and the film work in this movie kind of add to the, uh, add to the effect of this movie seeming real. Because the camera work in this movie, it, the, the film is very grainy, it's very dirty, and how the camera sometimes moves and where it's positioned in shots, it almost seems like it's being, like, it's supposed to be uh, like a documentary or something. In a weird way, the movie kind of reminded me of Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah. And not just the, you know, in the graphic nature of the content, but just in the sh in the shot style where it's not, nothing per you would say like overly complicated. It's almost like a very frank depiction of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Like they're just recording things as is. And of course, there's some great techniques used here. I like the use of silence in this film a lot. Yeah. I think it adds great tension to this movie. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. yeah. And then after this narration, basically what you get is, like, these snapshots of 
well, you don't really know what it is at first. You just see kind of body parts and whatnot. And then you get this, they use this a lot throughout the movie, but this radio narration of this guy describing these grave robberies that are happening. Mm -hmm. uh, and then eventually you get to see this whole thing. And it's like this, like the, the radio guy says, like this grotesque work of art or something like that. And basically it's this decaying guy and he's like holding this human head while he's sitting on like a tombstone or something. And it just kind of, that is probably the most gory part of the movie because honestly, as like as horrifying as a movie is, it barely has any gore in it. Everything, a lot is implied in this movie. Uh, there's a scene where this girl is put on like the, these meat hooks mm. and instead of like, you know, seeing the hook slide into her skin or something that you would get in Hellraiser. They just is was that a sh was that a shot at Hellraiser? No, Hellraiser was uh, after this. Uh... No, I mean, was that a shot you from you at Hellraiser? Well, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> when we do the Hellraiser, the Hellraiser <laughs> review, um... I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, the Hellraiser review is gonna be a good one. Like, the most gory thing that you see in this movie that isn't, like, implied and you just straight up see is there's, like, a scene where a girl gets hit in the head, and then you see, like, the hole in her head, and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it, yeah. Like, I'm, yeah, they're... I wonder how much of it was um, regulation stuff, because I remember, and I can't cite it off the top of my head, but there was some controversy when this film went released. Right? Yeah, I don't know off the top of my... I haven't read about, like, uh this the stuff that uh i haven't read about like the stuff outside of the movie yeah like you know controversy and stuff i haven't read that um and then like the the title screen that you get for this movie i seriously don't know what it is or what i'm looking at but there's just these very distorted red and black images of something and this this movie has like a lot of weird shots that it just adds in which really help and especially they this film kind of has like a fascination with just showing animals mm -hmm. yeah and i think that's like kind of deliberate in the sense that like sort of like the motif in the movie is like blood and guts and stuff even though it's not that graphic yeah but also like slaughter mm -hmm. and the hunters and yeah hunties and stuff like that especially because they literally eat people yeah the, the family so the shot after the the title card is is just a dead armadillo on the yeah. road they lay a really thick uh opening on you with, yeah with <laughs> with the presenting it as a true story and then the title screenshot and the, the strange grave robbing yeah set up uh and then you get the the dead it was an armadillo i think so or like a, an aardvark or no, not, i don't know i think it's an armadillo an anteater no definitely not an anteater um and then we get introduced to our characters basically um it's two couples and one of the girls brothers is there so there's five people in total and the brother they mention him in the opening as an invalid um and basically he's just supposed to be a vaguely mentally disabled guy uh, he's in a he's in a wheelchair and like throughout the movie he's just kind of like dumb. I don't like I don't want to seem rude, but like he comes off like childish. Like he's yeah. like kind of scared of everything and he he's just like, annoying <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Okay, well I don't want to be rude. 
But like uh, no, but that's his. That's his. No, the, but yeah, you're right. He he yeah. he serves as like kind of like the annoying character who's kind of the voice of dissent. As obviously, you know, these two couples want to go to the cabin in the woods so they can get their fuck on. Yeah. But Franklin is the logical mind here because he's not clouded by these kind of thoughts. So uh, he's kind of set up as like the boy who cried wolf, uh, and then he also does. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, because they're go- the the five of them are going to visit Franklin and his sister Sally's father's uh, old farmhouse or something yeah. like that, um, which seemed weird to me because when we finally get to the farmhouse, it's like a piece of shit. I like there's like hornets in it, and there's this one shot again where the fascination with animals. They just um, do a close up of this huge pile of like daddy long legs in the corner of a room. Mm-hmm. And then you get like weird hissing noises and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, they're, they're, they go there. They stop at some uh, graveyard to see um, if their grandfather's still buried there or something like that. Because um, the graveyards have been blocked off and uh, the police are keeping guard. Yada, yada, yada. And then they stop at what is now like the famous cliche of the gas station with spooky gas station, man. Um, we get the, uh, what we find out to be the father of, uh, of, uh, the, or actually, no, before that, what happens, Matthew? Who do they run into? Before the gas station? Yeah. Uh, like in the opening? Yeah. I don't know who you're talking about. The hitchhiker. Oh, the hitchhiker. Yeah. Yeah. And basically the hitchhiker is just this, I don't know how to describe him. He's very eccentric. I love the the guy's performance. I'm just gonna I I'm gonna get his name so I can credit him here. Um, where is it? Who cares? He wasn't in any other movies. Whatever. Anyways, he, <laughs> no, he has his you gotta credit him. You have to credit him. I'm gonna call him the guy. No. He, he has a great performance in this movie as just this manic hitchhiker. He has this like blood stain down his face and <laughs> around his neck he wears a skinned like squirrel or something and he keeps picture polaroid pictures of uh dead cows that have been butchered and in hindsight it's so funny like thinking like they saw this guy picked him up and then they're like hmm because they're supposed <laughs> Actually, to be like hippies or whatever yeah. in this movie uh, the the one girl talks about um one girl talks about uh, astral astronomy and shit like that. They're like Mystery Inc. Except instead of a dog, they have an invalid. <laughs> yeah, but that that's enough for the plot right now. I just want to get on to stuff that I like about this movie. Um, one thing that I like about this movie, I said this in one episode, I think, but if not, I'll repeat it again. We were talking about Airplane. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the famous Airplane talk. The classic right? Airplane. Yeah. And I said that that movie is just straight comedy. And yeah. this movie, to me, is just straight horror. I don't think, like, they really care about anything else. Like, the, the characters have no backstory. There's no scene in this movie where they're sitting around a fire, and they're like, oh, my dad died. And they're like, oh, that's so sad. And we have that stupid, forced-in, character-building moment in horror movies. Name, a movie, any... name a movie where that happens. <laughs> the last horror movie I watched, I just, <laughs> that one... 
um, where they have that scene, you know, where they just kind of force in character development that nobody actually really cares about. But it's just, well, I mean, some people do. So then when the character dies, they're like, oh my god, he grew up without a parent no. and then he died. It's so sad. He was a child of divorce. Uh, it's an American epidemic. Like, they don't... And then again, like, they just have this shot of, like, zooming in on cows. Uh, there's one shot in particular that is just, like, especially gross. I want to see if I can... Find it. the cows like spitting. Yeah. Right there. Yeah. Yep. Like why? <laughs> um. Anyways, they just they don't care about any of that stuff. It's just supposed to be straight horror. The movie also I should mention is pretty much in the span of one day. Uh. So you go from day to you know sunset night and then to sunrise again. Yeah. Um. And a big movie horror movie trope is that it happens at night. And this movie it kind of you know, does what a lot of movies, what Nintendo don't, and they they make it scary during the day. Yeah, actually. And it is quite scary in the day, because, like, when that girl gets in the head, that's just in the middle of the day. Yeah. But when she starts walking into the house, uh, and you just are waiting for, like, a pin to drop. Yeah. Uh, it's it's crazy, man. It's scary, bro. Yeah. Um. So, the, the main... There are, like, three bad guys quote unquote in this movie i mean it seems kind of babyish to call them that but we're just going to call them bad guys well there's like four if you count the hitchhiker guy as who are you count who did you think the three were like the grandpa oh i i wasn't counting him i was counting hitchhiker dad leatherface okay well yeah i was counting the guy the gas station guy leatherface yeah the dad and then grandpa joe okay um anyway so do you want to get into like our how they find Leatherface? So fuck, how did they first meet him? So they're at the um, they're at this house finally, and um, the two one of the couples, I think Kirk and I forget the girl's name. They're like, where's that uh, like pond that we can uh, right. go swim in? They want a little uh, alone time, so they go yeah. for a look around. Yeah, and then they hear. The guy hears a motor running and he thinks it's a chainsaw and he's like, "Oh, gasoline! We can get gas for the car because they're they are kind of low." Um, so they go running to the house and then he sees that it's not a it's not a chainsaw; it's a generator. And the guy's like, "Okay, well, I'm gonna go in and ask if he has any gas that we can use." And the girl's like, "All right, I'm gonna wait back." And then he he's like, "Hello, hello," and then he hears like pig squealing yeah. and then he's like he kind of goes in and he looks in the house and it's one of my favorite shots of the movie there are so many odd like i think this movie's like beautiful uh in a way and he looks down the hallway and then you see this open door to this room and the wall's just red and it's just lined with nice different skulls and yeah and then he walks in and he gets closer to the uh room and he hears a pig squealing and then it's a Leatherface pops out and just hits him on the head slams this metal door shut and then you got all the creepy music because up until this point we kind of had like radio mu- music playing yeah like, you know country songs or whatever and then this was like okay it's a horror movie now yeah this is this is when this movie's balls drop yeah and shit gets real because Leatherface in this movie he doesn't talk at all and I, I love that he says oh oh <laughs> He makes, like, animal noises. At one point in the movie, he, like, kind of talks, but it's totally, 
Did they ever in any of the films explain what Leatherface deal is? Is he just like an inbred countryman who? Has... Don't worry, there are backstory prequel movies they made. So what's just give me the quick run? I don't remember, but it's just like this family. They just steal kids from a mental institution or something. And so Leatherface not uh, the real child. I don't. No, I don't think so. I I don't remember. And, okay. and then he puts on a mask at the end of the movie, and it's scarier. Made of human skin. Yeah, and that's the thing. This movie is heavily inspired by real life grave robber and killer Ed Gein. Yeah. Like crazy, crazy inspired. Like a lot of movies are like Psycho or Silence of the Lambs. If you don't know, Ed Gein was just this grave robber, and he would just make bowls out of human skulls, lampshades out of uh, heads, and shit like that. Um, he, he just, and the big thing was that he was stealing women's skin to make like the, his mother so he could live in his mother's skin. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why Leatherface in this movie, he wears masks made out of human skin. Um, and he's kind of the butcher for the family. He, he cuts up, uh, all the people they rob or kill and, uh. They, they make meat out of it because they're, they're cannibals. This sick, twisted family. Disgusting. Did they make a lot of money selling human meat? Probably. Probably enough to, you know, make the weekend go How by. many people are they killing per week? Oh, shit, I don't know. I mean, I guess like one, I'd, uh, an adult male could feed, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. Probably, but, uh, but yeah. You want to talk about the characters in the movie? Yeah. Okay, let's start. With, well, we talked a little bit about Franklin. Yeah. Uh, what do you think of the? Oh, God, what are these guys' names? I'm just, I'm like, trying to default I... to Evil Dead names here. <laughs> like Scott, Ash, like Scotty, and Scotty, Jenny, Linda. They're kind of like dip, typical dipshit teenagers. Sally's the the main girl. Um, and her boyfriend is Jerry. I, I think so. Who cares, honestly? <laughs> yeah, Kirk is a guy in the blue shirt. And then Jerry's her boyfriend, I'm pretty sure. Uh, Pam's the other girl. And then Franklin. And uh, You're right in terms of development. Like, in this movie, like, if we had to compare it to something like Cabin in the Woods. Um, Cabin in the Woods, I'm thinking, just because it was, a, it was a typical subversion of the horror movie. So you had these one-dimensional characters and they had dimension to him. Mm -hmm. This movie very much has, not to say the characters are one-dimensional, but they're not, like, developed in any way. We don't really learn anything about them. It's just a day in the life for them, and that's kind yeah. of why. Like, they're not like, hi, my name is Kirk. And, and I was born in 1990-whatever, <laughs> and yeah. I, whatever. It's just, like, two teenagers on the road. And they're just or, talking about bullshit, like, Saturn's in retrograde, and yeah. stuff like that. And they're just trying to play and find a place to fuck, and, <laughs> and that's really all there is. And that kind of helps, because, like, it almost reduces the characters to just, like, pieces of meat in a way when they're mm -hmm. just kind of like that. So, in a way, it's, like, almost easier for them, but easier to watch when they die because they're not, like, these fully-fledged characters. But it's still horrific nonetheless mm -hmm. because the characters still feel real. Yeah. Even though they're one-dimensional, so to speak, they're not really, like, poorly written characters. You're just not fully developed, and that's a very deliberate choice. Yeah. Um... Finally, when uh, Kirk's girlfriend, Pam, goes to go get him, because she's like, why is he taking so long? She goes up and she starts walking to the house. And another great shot. I mean, it's kind of angled looking 
upwards from the ground. The porch shot? Yeah, of, like, her walking towards the house, and yeah. then it's like, you see her ass or whatever, but that's not why I like the shot. It just looks real nice. I'm gonna try to... Uh... So he goes and he disappears, and then he has there. Yeah, and then when he when Leatherface hits this dude, he's, like, flailing around, and it just goes silent. He's, like, convulsing, yeah. Yeah, and that's just when the movie starts. And we see in the hallway, the walls are just draped with, like, bear skins and cow skins and cowhide, stuff like that. Um, yeah, and then she goes up to uh, to go walk. I just love this shot. I think it looks so yeah. great. It's a little tracking shot here where it just follows her, so she... See the same size in the frame as she approaches the house, and it looks it does look nice. And then when she finally gets in, she stumbles into one of the rooms looking for him, and it's one of my favorite moments of the whole movie. She just stumbles into this room, and the floor just lined with feathers and shit. Yeah, bones. And then there's this one again with the animals. There's this kid, uh, chicken in this really really small cage, just like dangling from the ceiling. I'm gonna assume that's Leatherface's pet. I have. I really don't know, though. You think they don't eat chicken? I mean, we people eat chicken, and we have pet chickens. I guess it could be his pet. Um, and then she looks around the room, and it just devolves into more and more just horrifying shit. Like she and the the big piece, and it's one prop that I love is this couch, and it's just lined with different types of bones to make like this demented looking human. Yeah. Like, he, his arms are, like, ten feet long, like, because his arms go all around the top of the couch, and then his feet are, like, the feet of the couch, and then he has this tiny little head, like a child's head, almost, mm -hmm. and, like, it, it looks so, so good. It's just, like, it's just art, but it's just horrifying art. Yeah, it's like, and that shot is, that's incredible. Like, just, not even just as, like, from a filmmaker standpoint, from a, like, a set production standpoint, that was excellently constructed. Yeah. They really put care into, like, the the visuals and the practical effects and the atmosphere in this film, and that's kind of why, because it's sort of a standout. Mm-hmm. And then there's a skull that's, like, his head is, has, like, a halo of feathers on it, mm -hmm. and it's just, like, just a, it's just artist like i don't know i just love it and there's just baskets full of bones in the room of not just humans but animals too they be killing yeah they be killing a lot <laughs> and vice grips and stuff like that in the room but i i i really don't know like and the the grainy aspect of the film like it helps because you know prosthetic or fake bones in the 70s like they were shit they looked terrible so one thing that really helps in this movie, I also think they use some real bones too. Human bones? Some look good and some look way too real. And yeah, you can get human bones. Yeah, for sure. I'm sure. I, I'm sure. Like, there's those are animal bones. I mean, they just go to the butcher and be, or not like all of them, but like I'm sure a lot of them are animal bones. But they're like jaws, right? And the the teeth in them have like fillings, and I'm like, that's way too much attention to detail. We'll have to we'll have to look it up. Yeah. Anyway, and then Leatherface grabs her and brings her into his butcher room where she sees uh, Kirk like strapped down with his limbs all tied down, and then he like stabs her onto this giant meat hook, and she's just screaming while he like saws up Kirk again. We don't see like the chainsaw going into his arm and then blood splattering everywhere. But you don't and need to. There's nothing wrong with movies like that. There are a lot of gory movies that I love. 
But, yeah, you just don't need to. Like, everything's hidden in the shot. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I, I Like, uh, this movie to me is just... It's just everything a horror movie, like, it should be. I don't know. Don't you think it's a little bleak? Yeah, it's... Yeah, it's bleak. <laughs> and, like, after I finished watching it for the first time, I'm like, oh, Christ, man. <laughs> like, I need a minute. And, I, like, to the people who are, like, gore heads, they're like, this isn't scary. Or people who are, like, modern horror fans who love the jump scares, they're, uh, there's one jump scare in this seen, movie. Have you even seen Saw 4, the final chapter? Do you know how much gore is in that one? You see a guy's head and genitals exploded. Whoa. Yeah, like, if I wanted to watch that, I'd go on a 4chan gore thread or just go on LiveLeak. I... Hey, that's not tasteful, like uh, the Saw franchise, all right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, re it's real tasteful. That's uh, exploitation for the gentleman or woman. <laughs> okay. Well, this is almost like an exploitation movie. Like, the, you know, not enough like sex. Sally isn't wearing a bra and her nipples are just showing the whole movie. They have quite a few ass shots. There's like again, there's no sex in this movie, but the sexual aspect of it is implied. Everything is real subtle in this movie. Yeah. Well, when you say implied, like you mean like when Well, you said like they're going up to the this yeah. house to have sex. They never even mention that <laughs> they one. They don't say time. that, but yeah. Yeah. But we all just kind of think that without them ever saying it. Yeah, well, not just, I mean, they it, the implication is well done, but also because, like, that's just kind of what you expect the characters to do. Yeah. Right? Like, you kind of... Well, that's what we expect that now because of the tropes that this movie started. Yeah, I guess so. People say this, or I forget what the other one is, like, House of a Thousand Corpses, maybe? I, I uh, maybe I'll fact check that. But this or another movie were, like, the first slasher movies. Like, no other movie was like that. Like this before this movie. Was this 74? Yeah. And when did Halloween come out? 73? No. Halloween was after this. Oh, was that like 77 or 6? Oh, 78. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, Halloween was 78. You're right. So, yeah, I guess so. This was... Besides, like, Psycho. I wouldn't... But a Psycho wasn't a slasher movie. Like, to me, a slasher is, like multiple people killed i guess i don't i guess like psycho is like more of like a, a proto slasher it, it's main like to me it's more of a psychological horror than anything yeah it's uh, it is also such a psychological horror but it, there's like it, there's stuff in psycho that i kind of see in this like what like the familial uh, like the family aspect of the movie yeah, uh, but in in Psycho, it's more of like a matriarchal thing, and this is like a patriarchal. It is, and thing. this is like a patriarchal yeah. thing. Yeah, um, just like kind of. I mean, obviously, this one is. I would say this one is a little bit less cinematic than Psycho in the sense that it's like Hitchcock has a very you know ex extravagant style. So this dude, one, I love the style of this movie. I like the style I, of this movie too. I don't know, like uh Maybe I don't. Oh, I don't know what the right word is. Like Hitchcock Psycho is like cl more classical. That seems like such a cop, like such a cop out. Well, it is more, more classic because like it's just at the time, you know, it would the mode of filmmaking was this way and this way. Like in Psycho, there are a lot of still shots, and one thing that I noticed in this movie, upon the rewatch and like watching it for the sake of doing the show is that there are so many fast cuts in this movie that cut to like different angles 
Um, and like the scene where we first see Leatherface, like we just see that hallway and he comes out and then it like zooms in on his face for like one second. And then it goes back to like the, uh, the wide shot. Yeah. They do that a lot in this movie, especially towards the end when things get more and more frantic, they do quicker and quicker and quicker shots. The camera work is great. Any scene shot at sunset or sunrise in this movie, which is like two like scenes, really, mm-hmm. uh, it just looks great. It like bathes the whole, like, well, the whole world that they're in, like in this orange glow, and it almost lends to like the violent, gruesome nature of the movie. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's like when when sun when sun like when it's sunset time in this movie, you kind of feel the horror setting. Because yeah. You know when my, nighttime comes, all bets are off. These guys are getting picked off in the yeah. middle of the day. Yeah. And boy, howdy, do they get they get the one two punch. Should we move a little bit forward in the story? Yeah. So okay, you, you go for it. So then, uh, so those two, so those two pass, and then who do we have left? We have Sally Franklin, uh, and then we have Joe Schmo over here. Joe Schmo, yeah. Um, and they, I think Sally says like they need to leave. They're like, well, we need to find them and like get out. Get out of yeah. here. Um, and I think it's well, uh, and then I know at some, I believe he dies before Franklin does. Yeah. So Joe Schmo goes to the house, um, and he's looking for the other two and he's and then he hears like some noises and it was some other like animal noise i forget what it was like it was leatherface making like a some other like little noises talking to himself and then he's like stop messing with me guys like come out already i hope that i hope that is the origin of that too yeah Yeah, guys this isn't funny anymore (laughs) guys Hello. Ah! <laughs> and then he goes into he finds, you know, the slaughter room. Um and then he opens up the freezer and uh again it just quickly cuts to what's her name? Sally? No, not Sally's a sister. The other girl. Uh Pam. Pam. Uh, yeah, we see Pam and she just like yells and like comes to wait for like one second and then just like dies again and then uh leatherface comes in and just fucking whacks him to death with the hammer uh and then we have this scene it's so weird like it's almost like he's having a panic attack leatherface like goes into his room with like the chicken and then he's like slapping himself in the face and he's just looking around i like this little touch where instead of just like cutting away to sally and it's just like you know he's a killer it almost as much as you can give a, a character like this who doesn't, you know, express themselves in any way, this is a really good way of showing character in the movie when you have, you know, Leatherface not just be like this, like a Michael Myers type where he's just... Yeah, like, Michael Myers is just like, I'm going to kill you. And he just doesn't make any emotion. And he goes, but Leatherface is like, he's, he's, a, he's a scary killer, but he's also just like a mentally ill, like frustrated man. Yeah. Living with his family, just doing what he's told. And the shot where you see his teeth is gross as hell. Because, <laughs> boy, how they're bad. Well, yeah, and then, like, when he's, like, slapping himself, it's almost like, get it together, get it together. Yeah, like, it's like, well, because, like, I, he, cause, like, he just killed three people, and, like, but, like, he has to clean this up. And, like, yeah. he knows that his grand I think is his grandpa's pretty hard on him, right? No, it's a dad. It's a dad. Yeah. It's hard on him. The yeah. creepy Mr. Rogers-looking guy. <laughs> And then it beca- and then it goes to nighttime, and then we're left with Sally and Franklin. They're like, okay, well, we gotta go find the rest of them, I guess. And then they start walking toward, like, walking through the woods, screaming. And then that's 
that's when you get like the only jump scare. Leatherface just comes up and kills Franklin like immediately. Yeah, and he just kills him in dead ass just in his chair. Yeah. It, it just feels it just feels it's hard to that one was rough for me because like at least everyone else were like able body and were fight back, but then Franklin was just there going like ah well he just gets fucking killed <laughs> by Leatherface. It almost feels like they were gonna have him do something else besides get killed the way the character was set up. Yeah, like the an fr- original draft or something. Yeah. Yeah, the, I didn't know if that's just me, but it uh, no because the first time I watched the movie, I was watching it and I thought that Franklin was gonna be adopted into the family or something like that because I get, we kind of brushed over it, but when they first pick up the, the hitchhiker, that's what he's credited as Leatherface's quote unquote brother. Yeah, um, he, he kind of does some. He kind of kind of really sets. I mean, the movie's tone was set in the first two minutes, but he sets a tone even further. He comes in and, like, Franklin has this knife that he's playing with, and the hitchhiker says, like, can I borrow that? He's like, sure. And he gives him the knife, and then he just slices his hand open. And then everyone's like, dude, what the fuck? And he goes, and he goes, I'm the Joker, baby! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And then they, like, kick him out of the car after he takes a picture of Franklin and then sets it on fire. And they're like, okay, get the fuck out and of here. And he cuts him too, right? Yeah, and then he takes Franklin's arm and just slices it. And they're like, okay, man, you're out of here. Yeah. Like, you know what? This is a little much. And then with the his bloody hand, he like draws a symbol on the car and he blows raspberries at them. And then after that, Franklin starts blowing raspberries too and starts like being fascinated with the knife. And I'm like, are they like going to make him into part of their group or something? Like, it just seemed weird. Yeah, it is. I don't know. I don't know what they were going for. It was a surprise for me when I first watched it that like he just dies. Like I, I had a feeling. I know about the everyone knows about the final girl trope, but I felt like Franklin was kind of final girl material here in the sense yeah. that he was just kind of different from the rest. But I don't know. I guess he's just there to help. Uh, I guess really he's just if if we're kind of looking at Sally as the protagonist, he's just there to further her misery. You know, it's all her friends and her brother just get absolutely eviscerated yeah like i thought he was gonna be a part of the gang the gang of killers and like he's gonna be like this is obviously rudimentary but he's gonna be like, like you're always so mean to me sally and then like <laughs> yeah. you, you know we we're gonna have like one of those moments. revenge of the nerds yeah yeah uh but no he just gets fucking carved to death in the middle of this forest at night and then yeah we get the final girl which is another trope that I'm going to assume this movie also started. We get that in, like, Halloween. Uh, We get that in Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. On and on and on. Et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Uh, And then, honest, I haven't said this yet, but Sally's performance in the second half of this movie is amazing. I was going to say, like, in this third act, after Franklin is killed, and then you have just uh, Sally's horrible terrible no good bad evening here yeah one of my favorite i think this is what like my favorite part of the film yeah uh so basically what we have here is like well on screen here is frankly still live but sally just gets into a chase with leatherface mm-hmm. he brings her back to the house there's like three times where she escapes and they can't recapture her the and first time that she goes in she sees the grandpa yeah yeah she goes upstairs and that's the psycho moment when she's like hmm Oh, it's a dead guy. It's not a real 
that a real person? Well, yeah, we think he's dead, and then we also see this rotting woman. I don't know if that's supposed to be like their actual grandmother or that's just like a woman that they're posing as. I think that's like their grandma, and that almost that feels like the most explicit uh, psycho homage. Yeah, if we're talking about psycho. Yeah, and then they have like the, a dog in the room, but it's just like a dog skeleton with like a bit of fur like draped <laughs> on it, and then she just like jumps out of the window. Yeah, and boy, she gets bloody and bashed in yeah. like, this whole sequence. Like, by the end of the film, you're like when she escapes on the truck, it's almost like miraculous that yeah. that she survived. Yeah, but and I guess you could say like it's skipping ahead quickly, like quickly to the end. And when she escaped, that's almost like the only like moment of hope they give in this movie. It's, yeah, like when she gets out of there, but she'll always be horribly traumatized. <laughs> But her time in the house is great. She stumbles into the house. She sees the grandpa. And then they have her over for dinner. Yeah, because... Then, sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead. No, and the, the, the dinner scene is great where they're like, we're going to kill you. And you see them squabbling with each other. Yeah. And like you, and you kind of see Sally reacting to this, and have her realize like the hopelessness of her situation. Mm -hmm. That's pretty hard to watch because like you know that there isn't really a way out of this. Um, but yeah, Leatherface uh, carving down the door here is also an excellent. And they do it so fast. You get shots of him carving down the door, like when Sally finds like the grandparents because she closes the door on Leatherface and runs up the stairs. And Leatherface is like cutting into the door, and like it cuts back to it for like less than a second. Yeah, just shots of him cutting it down, and then he finally gets in, and she just jumps through the uh, the upstairs window. And runs off. And one of my favorite parts, I keep saying that because I love this movie. One of my favorite parts in this movie is when she runs to the father's meat store. And, like, uh, she's being chased. We have the chainsaw. She runs in and she's like, help me, help me, help me, help me. And, like, the father's like, what is it? It's like, I'll go take a look. And she's like, and at this point, we don't know that he's anything bad yeah and he's like i'll go take a look and he goes outside and then we just get this really long shot of the doorway the open doorway and we don't know like if leatherface is gonna pop out and like that is the only time well not the only time but it's one it's one time where i've been watching a horror movie and i felt like genuine suspense yes because you'd it's it's one of those things where the unpredictability of the situation is genuine. Yeah. The just having the open door is like it's almost just like a great metaphor for like what is gonna come through the door. Yeah. And like we don't really know. Uh and yeah, it's really excellently done. Just the just the terror and the suspense the horror, yeah. uh, if you if you could say in this movie is it's just it's just masterfully done. It's actually crazy that this was uh done as early as it was was like no prior influence and it was made so cheap how much was it, it was like fifteen thousand. yeah they and that's why like this movie kind of happened in a day was he's like we're gonna shoot all fucking day if we need to to make up for like to cut down on rental costs yeah he's like we're gonna keep going all day baby this do you think they still have those cabins up i hope so i'd love to visit those because r.i.p evil dead cabin that's yeah. just a chimney yeah because the, I, I, they just like destroyed the fucking thing <laughs> filming those movies holy shit um but yeah and then she's in this room waiting for him to come back and then we just see like this meat sizzling and dripping and she's just like and 
at that point we're kind of like yeah like oh fuck and then again there's a radio playing talking about grave robberies and stuff like that while that's happening and then just a father comes back with his truck and then he just comes out with like a rope and a big uh, sack and he's like all right don't make this harder than it needs to be (laughs) and then we're like oh fuck we're like yeah it's over here (laughs) all right (laughs) we're done so yeah uh game over i'm done which of the family member is your favorite i mean the easy pick is leatherface you can't um, pick Leatherface. If I had to rank them, Leatherface, Hitchhiker, Dad. Um, so, and then when she finally comes back... And what then, about Grandpa? He would be last. He is cool. So when they get... She gets it uh, all tied up and then he drives her back. And then another reveals the Hitchhiker is part of the family as well. And then we see the dad comes out and kind of roughs him up. And he's like, you could have been caught at the graveyard. Like, what were you doing? Yada, yada, yada. And then we go in and we see the Leatherfaces and I switch masks to a more like grandmother mask. Mm -hmm. And he's like preparing the meal. And then the dad goes and like, he's like yelling at him. Like, did anybody um, see you do anything? Blah, 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 blah. And Leatherface is like, no, no. He doesn't say no, but he's like, no, no. NARP. And, yeah, NARP. And then he's like, well, well, you still broke the damn door! And then this starts beating on him. Uh, so, you know, there's a little abusive relationship going on there. He's got, you know, Leatherface's story is a tragedy. And yeah. he is the protagonist of this film, really. It's a it's a treatise on the effects of abuse <laughs> and, and years of consumption of human flesh. That's another thing about that I like about this movie, and like one thing that I loved about Pop Art, I mean, people will say that Pop Art had a meaning. I really don't think early Pop Art had any meaning. Well, you think and the Campbell Soup wasn't representative of anything? No. Um, at, at, this movie is meaningless. And I think sometimes meaningless movies, I don't think every movie has to be about the Cold War or some bullshit. I think some movies can just be meaningless. And well, I don't be- think the movies... I know what you mean. Yes. Like it has it, no deeper message. There's yeah, there isn't really any allegory at play. I mean, people always will read into something as as big as this and the guys oh, reflective of the state of America <laughs> in the seventies, political yeah. climate or something. Yeah. I mean, I guess the, the the biggest, the deepest meaning you could see is like just its parallels with the real life murders that are happening, yeah. just to show like yeah, it's, <laughs> I guess the meaning of the film is yeah, shit's fucked up sometimes, man. <laughs> This shit is happening for real. So, yeah. No, but I get what you mean. And then the most horrifying scene... I don't know if I said that before, but if I did, I retracted. The most horrifying scene in the movie is the dinner scene, like, hands down. Yeah, it's gross. Yeah, like, because she's just, like, screaming her head off and crying. And then, like, the hitchhiker's mocking her. He's like... And then, like, Leatherface is now wearing, like, this woman's suit. And then he's wearing, like, another mask with, like, makeup and blush on it. Is he wearing, like, an apron, too? Yeah. yeah. And then he, like, comes up real close to the camera, which is, like, Sally's perspective. But he just, like, comes up looking right in her face, like, breathing on her. And then, like, the dad is, like, arguing with the hitchhiker and Leatherface about shit. Um, and then they bring out the grandpa, if you want to talk about that. Yeah, so the grandpa is just as I mean, how's he alive we don't know his whole drinking blood his whole body is like like covered he looks like a corpse but yeah. he's actually alive i don't know how old he is i don't know the logistics of this mm-hmm. and grandpa decides yeah it's time for blood 
So he, does he tell Leatherface to kill her? And like, the hitchhiker her like her? comes and cuts her finger, and then he's just like sucking on her finger while she's like screaming. Yeah, that sweet, sweet taste. And she's in a chair. Sally's in a chair where again the arms of the chair are literally have Hands. like have arms just yeah. chopped up on them. And the the lights for the dinner table are like shrunken heads that they put like candles in. They should have kept everything in the house the way it was and left it like that forever. <laughs> Some they... people can just stumble across it. No, so you can have like a tain- Texas Chainsaw tour and you That'd can see cool. all the cool shit in there. Yeah, it's all the garbage. Yeah, in a landfill. But yeah, like ah, oh, just the set stuff in this film is so great with all the the gore and stuff like that. I guess you could say like. Uh, the movie doesn't have, like, the gore where it's like, oh, my head exploded. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have, like, Dawn of the Dead or Day of the Dead gore. You could almost say, like, a, most of the slaughter that happens in this movie... You don't see. Yeah, or yeah. it happens prior so that we kind of see the aftermath with all yeah. the bones and arms and legs and feathers. And you can let your imagination just do the rest, really. Yeah, because like, especially in that scene with all the bones, it's like, you see animal stuff, but you see tons of human skulls. So you're like, what's going on here? And I like, there's a lot of media that I like where it is kind of, I'm going to use the word lame, like as in it doesn't doesn't explicitly show you everything, that you have to let your mind do the rest. Yeah, I like that. Like RuneScape, it looks like a piece of shit. (laughs) It looks so bad. RuneScape RuneScape time. Yeah. Uh, But uh, your mind can kind of just like fill in the blanks and just, you know, you can imagine it how you want to. Yeah, yeah. Not everything has to be fucking saw seven where a girl's who cares girl's nipples are cut off and put in her eye sockets and she pees blood i like i don't you know what i mean for your bomb in your chest is in your butt you have to get (laughs) it out you gotta cut it out and there's no other way (laughs) and your brother's gonna die too if you don't do it and then another good shot in this movie is eventually during the dinner scene it just closes up on her eye for a while and you just see all the veins in her eyes popping and like and because there's something so vulnerable in the eye right yeah it's so soft it's yeah. so squishy it has all the veins and it that shot with the face as like the lamp is horrible to look at mm-hmm. uh this whole d- dinner scene is great especially because they just actually eat dinner yeah, they're just actually <laughs> eating while this girl's sitting there screaming, and he's like, "Can you please quiet down?" Like, I'm trying to enjoy my uh, my ri- my human ribs here. I'm like, please, okay? they're sauteing all day, and she's just begging them, like, "Please let me go, please let me go." And yep. they're just like, "Wahahaha!" No way, no way. Oh yeah. And at one point, she does like the class, like, "I'll do anything." And then I think, like, she's trying to appeal to Leatherface. She's like, "Please, like, you can help me." And then. Like, you can be good or something. And the hitchhiker's like, no, you can't. He says something like that. He's like, you're wasting your time, man. Leatherface could be redeemed. Uh, You kind of... Well, that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, too. Well, I haven't seen that movie, though. It's pretty okay. All right, but it's it's no Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the first. No, not even fucking close. No, Dad... uh, This is an aside, but the dad reminds me of Jim Leahy. Because of his outfit? Yes. Okay. Well, and also, like, he's... He, I mean, he doesn't really look like him, but they're both the same age. Yeah. Like, this guy could could take up in a reboot of Trailer Park Boys, Leahy. Uh, I think, unfortunately, he has passed. I'm sure... Yeah. I mean, this... How old is this movie now? It's, so, 74? Yeah. So, it's, like, 46 years old? Yeah. 
Narcos. It's getting up there. Every movie review is almost 50 years old now. <laughs> we're, we're out of touch, man. <laughs> Uh, like this scene where just mocking her crying and he's like <laughs> like that's just so brutal like she's just going through it and then this dude's just making fun of her like holy shit it's hard to watch this last bit of the movie you know this guy's like seen a million girls come to this dinner yeah. table and beg for their life and he's like yeah okay uh, yeah you're like you're different <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah get in the pot okay and then yeah we got this again just more pouring salt on the wounds they say like the grandpa's the best whacker ever like he could kill a cow in one lick one hammer swing and then he's like let's get grandpa to kill her and then they bring out a bucket for her to lean over so all her blood can spill into it and then the grandpa just like he's just a corpse and he holds onto the hammer and then just drops it on her head which would still hurt but it's just like holy shit this girl's just getting whacked in the head now by like a hammer by some corpse over a bucket like it's like oh boy and then she eventually escapes runs out um onto into oncoming traffic and the hitchhiker gets hit by a, a truck and just dies uh, mm -hmm. and then it's just her and leatherface um and then this guy comes um pulls over grabs a wrench throws at leatherface's head he falls down with the chainsaw in hand and hit starts cutting into his own leg and then he's screaming and, he like, <laughs> and then she hops into the back of a truck and gets away. And then we get, I, if I said this before, again, retract it. My favorite shot in the movie is just the sun rising and Leatherface is just swinging around his chainsaw, screaming. And it, then it just, it just goes to black silence. It's pretty inspired. I don't know what it is about the shot. It's like in that, in that moment, you're getting in a pretty high energy movie you're getting like the most energy and passion just from this character just swinging his chainsaw maniacally in the road and there's just something about it that is just like even though like you we in the sense we've won because sally got away mm -hmm. i doesn't really feel like a victory because he's still just alive he's still just alive and like this horror is still continuing yeah know? the shot is great uh, i agree and putting it in putting it in psycho like american a, psycho yeah they put in american psycho yeah he's doing his crunches and it looks great in that but uh setting it at sun at like dawn a uh, sun sunrise yeah i should say was great once again you got that great lighting which is weird because then in this shot it's in kind of like the middle of the day yeah there's like uh, that thing this part kind of doesn't make sense i'll agree because also like she was there all night having dinner like from nighttime from like 12 a.m to like sunrise at 5 a.m she was there yeah well i mean like the, it was nighttime when it was just her and franklin yeah like, after the other guy got killed then it was like nighttime i don't know if it's summer we assume it's like 10 o'clock or 11 then yeah she must have been there for a few hours like hours just don't worry about it just so that part doesn't it. make sense and yeah and then while she's running away to the hitchhikers like slashing at her back with the cutting or a shaving uh, razor and like she's been hitting the head now with the hammer so her face is just covered in blood and her like clothes are all ripped up and like it's just like it's so hard to watch <laughs> And, like, first time watching, I'm like, oh, she's probably going to die, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, that's what I expected. I was, I thought she was going to die just because, I mean, shit, people are dying left and right in this movie. Yeah. And, like, this costume for Leatherface in this final moment is so good where he's wearing, like, this woman's suit. 
and he's got this makeup mask on. So, like, obviously he's been skinning multiple people. Like, this this movie just tells stories with, like, and no exposition whatsoever. Modern horror obviously has, like, so much exposition in it. But you can, like, you know, they just present, like, this woman's mask, and we just have to imagine how he got that. There's, like, nothing. No details whatsoever. You get nothing. Mm-hmm. Nada. Yeah. In this movie. You don't get to see the aftermath. You don't get to see how people got there. It's just, like... The music. The movie respects your intelligence. Yeah. And it lets you figure things out for your own, and it lets you think about things, and lets you sort of figure... Yeah, I don't know. It's just a film that doesn't spoon-feed you, which, yeah, a lot of modern horror movies do. Yeah. And also just shitty horror movies do. <laughs> Uh, they just don't make them like they used to. Some people, like, say that... I think maybe Ebert even said this, that, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like, started the slasher movie, but Halloween perfected it. I think that was him. I I think. Um, but honestly, if I had to choose between watching the two, I would watch, I would this, watch movie. this movie. This movie, I think, is better than Halloween. I, I like Halloween a lot. Yeah. But, like, I think this movie is a bit better. There... Because... I watched the movie quite a few times, and yesterday I was watching the movie after a, a long shift, and I was like, "Ugh, I don't want to just watch a movie. I want to watch this movie and like play Game Boy or something." Like I've seen it, I just need to take notes for the show. But I was watching it, and I couldn't feel the urge to get up and grab my Game Boy. I was, I just kept watching it and watching it and watching it, and I was like, "Man, this is really the sign of a good movie when I can't even be fucked to like multitask." Yeah. Like, I don't even want... I just want to keep watching it. The movie deserves your full attention. Yeah. And then you just get these short black and white credits. Again, nothing is, like, flashy. It's just credits over silence and then fuck you. And then... And not not even a huge cast. It's pretty small. You can tell that the budget is pretty small. Yeah. And (laughs) this is kind of, like, a horror movie thing. I mean, they do this in other movies, but, like, where the... um, where the credits are just, like, first name for characters and, like, other characters. Like, again, the hitchhiker's never named in the movie. They say Leatherface, which is weird. Like, it always seems weird watching it because, like, when you watch, like, a horror movie like Hellraiser, they're not like, hey, Pinhead. Yeah. They they never really, met, like, say the character by their name. But in this, like, the brothers, like, keeps calling them Leatherface. Yeah. Which is weird. That is, yeah, that is a little strange because, yeah, usually it's after the fact that they go, oh, here's a nice marketable name for the character. Like Ewoks. Actually, they're Ewoks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, Leatherface is a cool name. It is. And it makes cool. sense. Yeah, and then I guess the father, his his credit name was Old Man. Old Man and Grandfather. <laughs> I, I love Gunnar Hansen as a Leatherface in this movie. I think all of the villains in this movie, all of their performances are great. Does he return in the second film? Who? Gunnar Hansen. No, I believe it's someone else. Oh, I see. Off the top of my head. But it's still directed by Toby Hooper. Yeah. Okay. And uh, I'm pretty sure. And Dennis Hopper's in it. In the second one? Yeah. He plays a, a rogue cop who, who wields uh, chainsaws. Dual wields though? Yeah. Cool. Or single wheels. I forget. And then they have a new member of the family, Chop Top. And I I like him quite a bit too. Chop Top? Yeah. The lore of this movie, the lore and the aesthetic of this movie is so great. Like, the trio of, like, the villains of, like, this guy and, you know, wearing a human mask and then this 
this weird looking guy and then just a, a plain old man and then a corpse of a grandfather like that halloween like not, not halloween the movie but halloween the holiday that halloween aesthetic is so is so great it's great it, i mean it, it, i like i just like this like the <laughs> like this dirty southern backwoods a cannibal, cannibal family, family yeah aesthetic. Uh, not very flattering yeah. depiction but no it's great and it's been a classic for a reason that's why we have the guy at the gas station in every movie yeah. that's why in tucker and dale which i guess tucker and dale is like a, just like a parody of this movie that and like evil dead yeah because yeah. like you have like the creepy like southern guy yeah he's creepy and the gas station thing and then people die uh they do that in um do you ever see cabin fever no. Is that the Eli Roth one? Yeah, I didn't know. Eli Roth is kind of a homophobe. What? Is he? Uh, yeah, they they say, like, they refer to things as gay a lot in the movie. What year did that come out? Uh, early 2000s. Or no. Uh, okay. I think so. Okay. Anyways, and then he did, like, audio commentary for the movie, and he's like, oh, yeah, people complain about, like, me uh, using, like, the word gay a lot in the movie, and I think those people are just F slurs. Did he really? Yeah. And I was like, oh, Ooh, okay. Oh, in the In the director's commentary? Yeah. Kind of a bro moment. Yeah. Uh, anyways, but in that movie, they, they use the ass shot, I'm going to call it. They use that. Um, and they have, like, the creepy old gas station family, too, and stuff like that. Um, so a lot of movies, like, oh, thanks to the to this movie especially like um uh friday the 13th the original one they had like the creepy gas station guy too before they go to camp crystal lake i think it's called he's like shouldn't go there like people don't come back and shit like that my buddy jason's up there and his mom too <laughs> watch out for his mom the gas station was there a, ca a gas station one in cabin in the woods I forget. I feel like every every time I watch a horror movie, I appreciate Cabin in the Woods a little bit more. Yeah? Yeah. I like that movie quite a bit. Is that with Thor? Yep. Okay, I haven't seen that movie. Like, I saw it when I was a dumbass kid when it you'll came probably, out. You'll whatever. probably enjoy it. Probably. It's, just like a, it's just like a funny... It's it's like pretty straight horror, but it's like comedy too. The um poster for that movie is like this house that's like yeah, like, a, like a, Rubik's a Rubik's Cube. cube in the flying in there. Okay. Yeah. And that poster makes the movie look way... Like, yes, I remember when that movie came out, I was like, it's just a horror movie. Yeah. I didn't know until later that it was like kind of like an homage to horror stuff. I got to rewatch it. I don't know if it'll fall under the cult label, but it's worth the watch. It, it might. I also love, this is nothing about the movie specifically, but the poster for this movie, uh, I it's so simple. I'd survive and what will be left of them this summer. I'd get it for the room, but... How uh, about the remake poster? Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah? Yeah. Who's in this one? Who's the remake? This? Yeah. The 2003 one? Let's check on the fly. Isn't Jessica Biel in that? Oh, yeah, she is. And then a blend... Oh, Arlie Ermey? Remember him? No. He's the guy... Uh, he's the guy oh, in Full Metal Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he passed last year, right? And he was a real drill sergeant. Yeah. That's why they got him for Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Who does he play? Is he the dad or something? Oh, he's a sheriff. a sheriff. 
this guy looks fucking familiar. Dude, that's the guy in the Eric in on Eric Andre who that's made Jesus hate zombies. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly where I know him from. And he's Eric like between Andre. the fucking thing <laughs> zapping me, and it's so hot. How do you expect to keep doing this? Like, how he's do you expect? Like, this show fucking sucks, man. No one's gonna come on this. Eric says, "What are you talking about, man? Sound crazy. You sound insane." Yeah, we'll do uh, we'll do the two thousand three one next. How many of the movies are there? Oh, let's get a quick a few. Uh, um, let's get a quick rundown on the franchise because I know one, two, the remake, and there's that Leatherface movie that came out like two years back. Dude, there's yeah, there's one, two, three, next gen, <laughs> remake, the beginning, three D, which I forgot about. Um, that one has like Alexandra Daddario in it, and then 2017. Which one has uh, Matthew McConaughey again? Uh, Rita Screams all movie. All right. Oh, next ne- gen. Next gen. Nice. All right. All right. All right. Holy shit, that is rough. That is a good ass poster. Holy shit. Oh my god. We're gonna post this to the cop Instagram page. <laughs> I'm gonna make like a Star Trek: The Next Generation meme with like Leatherface on it and shit. <laughs> Leatherface's war. Say, man, you got a human <laughs> finger? Be a lot cooler if you did. Also, if you watch this movie, please tell me when they get barbecue at the beginning of the movie and Franklin is chewing on the sausage, it looks like a penis. It straight up looks like a penis. Well, we looked it up and there was a couple people who mentioned, yeah, it, it, it's supposed, it apparently looked, other people noticed it looks like a penis. So, yeah, it kind of does. Now that it looks, it does kind of look like a penis. Uh, because kinda... they get it from the old man. And, was a cannibal, so. and really, we know this is, you know, uh, commentary on the homosexual community in 1974 in America, of course. Of course. But, um, yeah, okay, do you have anything, do you have any negative things to say about the movie? Not really, no. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, not really. Uh, this one's really great. It's probably, it's like, uh, it's like Dawn of the Dead level for me, where like there isn't really anything I would change about this movie. It's so tight. It's uh, like an, it's short, an hour and twenty it's, minutes. It's very, it's very well, and that I think that helps to a degree because yeah. the pacing is excellent because like things are happening pretty quick. Yeah, from one scene to another, so you're never bored in the movie. Um, everything feels purposeful. Everything shot well. It's well acted. And you have it in like solid thirds: day, night, and then dawn. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. It's yeah, I mean, like holy shit, it's it's so good, it's so fucking good. Like I wouldn't want them to add anything in this movie. Like it would be cool to see the gore or whatever. That would be cool, or like how they make the meat or whatever. But I like I ser- I do not need it. I do I I don't and, like some of the bones like look bad, but like that's it. The performances are like, great. They do show don't tell perfectly in this movie. Yeah. And they just give you enough to pique the interest and get you ready for the sequel, Chainsaw Massacre 2, coming to theaters near you. <laughs> I love the... I, maybe I'd get the Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 poster. Over the first one? Yeah. What's the second poster? Oh, dude, you're going to love it. Uh, you're going to love it. Oh, my God. Is it a comedy? Yeah. Is it actually? Yeah. What a weird change of pace. Like, when Evil Dead went comedy, it felt like a natural progression. Like, yeah. from when... I have to say, from Evil Dead to Evil Dead 2 to Army of Darkness, the progression of, like, more comedy is pretty seamless. Yeah. But I'm going to assume this is a pretty stark 
uh, change, considering the last movie was uh, wasn't a lot of fun. Also, do you want to see one of my favorite pictures? Sure. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it that quick. Yep, this one right here. Me and the boys on the doorstep. Oh, I wish it would. You can use that as the, you want to use that as the cop post? Yeah, like that is just such a great picture. That's good. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to use that on the cop post. But um, yeah, that's the mask they use for the second movie. It's kind of weird. Anyways, um, we'll do the second one probably someday. But I'm in no rush to do it. Uh, Bags? Bagarinos? Yeah, you go first. Uh, yeah, when I first watched this movie, I was like, yeah, it's a 9 out of 10. And then I rewatched it, and I was like, oh my god, this movie's so good. Like, I wouldn't change anything about it. Like, I, like, nitpicks, obviously. Like, some of the blood looks not real. But, I, like, who gives a fuck? The movie's yeah. a 10. <laughs> I love this movie. I think it's so influential, and we see it still to this day being repeated. And, like, for this nobody to just come out of the... Ca- out of the woods with 15 grand and be like, yeah, was it 15 grand? I want to double check real quick and just be like, yeah, I'm going to make one of the most influential horror movies of all time. It's like, what what the fuck? That is just crazy. What? Or budget 80? Okay, 80 to 140,000. Okay, so... And it made 30 mil. Yeah. Which is a lot in 1974. Yeah, I wonder if he's doing Romero payments to the actors. Couple of oh. a couple of uh, coffees and a pat on the back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love this. Hey, you know, I'm going to credit them right now. Meryl Burns as Sally. She's great. I hope everyone got paid because there's not a lot of actors in the cast. Okay, there aren't like extras in this movie. So I hope everyone got paid. Um, you're Kay. not getting credit. Gunnar <laughs> Hansen as Leatherface. Good job. Uh, Edwin Neal as oh that doesn't even look like him as a hitchhiker. Dude, he's in Metroid Prime Three. Oh shit, dude, he worked on JFK with Oliver Stone. That we haven't finished. We started that movie. Luke and I started that movie in high school, uh, like probably like four, three, four years ago, and we watched like I mean that movie's long as hell. (laughs) Yeah, watched like the first half, and then we just never finished it. And Uh, wait, who's this? Oh. Wait, they label him as the cook? No, I, I think that's retroactive. Oh, okay. I think that's what they call him in the second one. Oh, shit. Uh, yeah, Jim Sedow, uh, good job to you. And, uh, yeah, that's all the props. Matt, how many uh, for you? Give me five bags. Good you change your mind? Yeah, it's a good five bags. No, I was just trolling you. When I Were said, you? Yeah, I said do your four bags. Oh, okay. Because before the show, I asked. Because sometimes we like to get a quick vibe check before the, uh, the show. It's a five bagger. It's easy. Um, it's just, it's good. It's a good ass movie. It's infinitely rewatchable because there's always something to appreciate. And, uh, yeah, good as hell. Like one thing that I noticed, I mean, obviously because the characters in the movie are portraying themselves as they're selling real meat, not human meat. So, but at the gas station and the meat shop for the, uh, the old man, they put it in frame, and I feel like it's deliberate. They put in frame the sign hanging from the shop that says, We Slaughter on it. And, like, again, obviously the characters are selling this off to other characters in the movie as this is cow meat or whatever it is. But I but, bet wherever this is, say, is, you see the word slaughter, and you're like, oh, meat to buy. Yeah. It's probably just the thing. But the, the fact that he put it, like, in frame, and it's, like, perfectly in, like, a third... 
I'm like, it has to be, like, a nod. Like, yeah. Like, foreshadowing. It has to be. There's, like, one product placement in this movie, and I don't think they were paid for it. I'm going to assume they weren't in uh, at that same shot, the shop that I'm talking about. They have this Coke machine. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, that. yeah, the Coca Cola machine. I think they just have that there because at that shop, shop that they were shooting at, they just had that Coke machine. Probably I doubt that. Coke was giving them money. I don't think this was a big enough production for Coke to pay them at the time. I don't even know when like product placement released. I mean, like they have Coke and like Doctor Strange Love. Do you remember that? They do, but like, were they paid for that, or I was that know. what at the expense of the joke? It might have been. I don't know. But, like you're gonna have to pay to the Coca Cola company. Yeah. Uh, that was good stuff. I guess Doctor Strange Love you could say is a cult movie. It'll probably be on some list. And uh, hey, as hey, long as it's on Avengers some list, Endgame. Let's do it, baby. That was so weird. So we saw Avengers Endgame on the list. Yeah. Just don't worry about it. Also, Matt and I had this idea. I think I want to go through it because it could be fun of doing. But it'll be. We'll start like now, and we'll do the episode way later. But doing shows. Oh, a series. Yeah, cult television. We might as well expand because we were looking at a lot of television. I've been watching more television lately and I've been seeing that there is a lot of cult television shows because, I mean, the thing with te- television shows, you can follow it week in, week out, lots mm-hmm. of seasons. I guess the thing about, like, any show that people still give a fuck once it's canceled is a cult show. Yeah, but I mean, like, it's like, you know, Firefly is, like, specifically called, like... Yeah, but there's, like, Friends on the list, so we saw... That was... That, that's the... It's not a cult show. That's, like, the most popular show. Seinfeld? Um, you could argue that one, but that one is totally on the line, because everybody knows Seinfeld. Everyone's right. seen Seinfeld. Well, what about The Office, US? Do you think that's cult? No. It's, I, it's just mainstream for me. The Office UK? It's yeah. mainstream now, but it was going to be canceled after the first season. But then people were like, hey, no, keep it on, on the air. The like, first season has the most cult feel. Yeah. When everything is 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 very, very flat. And uh, Steve Carell didn't get his hair plugs yet. Yeah, and he didn't lose some weight yet. So he just looking a little chunky. Yeah. R slash chonkers. The first season is our is arguably depression core television. Yeah, it's wagey core. Like it's it can be hard to watch. The worst thing is it's like what six or seven episodes. Yeah, like six, I think. I think the last episode is the Dundies, right? No, that's the first episode of season two. Oh, well, yeah, I think it's like six episodes. Yeah, and that's the thing that sucks. That's why I go to rewatch season two more, is because I get more from it. Yeah, I think I think like season two is the best because. You get you get the balance of the the kind of uh, shitty shit, not the <laughs> shitty shit, but in the first season when things are a little bit less cheery. Yeah, and then you get some nice running gags. You get some funny characters in there. It's missing Andy though, my boy Andy. Andy was good in like season three, and then he just got became when trash. when Steve Carell leaves the show, and like Andy has to be a manager. They get. <laughs> In the later season of The Office, man, there's so many shit characters they introduced. There's some good Aaron, ones. Aaron, like, like, sucks. Aaron kind of... Aaron sucks. And I like Ellie Kemper. Yeah. And I like some... I like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, but she just plays, like, a dumbass. Yeah. I don't, I don't even know if that's, like, a joke because, like, she's Kelly and we already have Kelly who also plays a dumbass. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, baby Jim and Baby Dwight. Like, the interns fucking yeah. suck. Nelly sucks. 
Uh, Robert California is cool. He is. He's good. Um, they just, they just. Do you like uh, Gabe? No. Um, actually, Gabe is decent. Gabe is decent. Like one thing that sucks. Okay, the move, the show for me is like okay, season one and three, they're plateaus, or like you can do a little curve for season two or something, and then it starts to go downhill, and yeah. then Andy becomes manager, fucking plummets. Plummets. Well, plummets like season's like seven, then it's like yeah, shit is bad, and then Steve Carell leaves, and you're like, why are we still watching this again? And like then they have like like the will or the will Farrell stuff like can honestly like i i hate when shows like get big and then they just have cameo appearances like in trailer park boys when snoop dogg is coming on but you know they like in the office us they do it tastefully even in the beginning in the first is it the first season that they get amy adams that was a big deal who uh, she's like, she's a Katie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Amy Adams shows up early, like, Idris Elba shows up, like, season four, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And that was cool. He was good. They did those well, because they, <laughs> when you get, like, Will Ferrell in, it's like, okay, time, it's, it's hard because it's like, okay, now let's laugh at whatever thing he has to say. When he's gonna be yelling about something. Yeah, and he's gonna be stupid. What was his character's name? D'Angelo? Yeah, D'Angelo like, Martin? Yeah, it's whatever. Just, <laughs> fuck, fuck the latest season of The Office. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. And, like, I hate that they just make Dwight just straight up mentally challenged. <laughs> like, because in the first season, he was just a dumbass. He's like, look at my car, and, like, I like Battlestar Galactica. And then, like, in the latest season, Jim's like, I'm a vampire. And Dwight's like, like, oh, my God, you are? Holy crap. Yeah, they make him... I mean, you know what? It, it's the nature of all sitcoms. Characters are going to get a Amplified. little... Flanderized, as they call it. They yeah. call, I think they call it that because Flanders didn't used to be as radical. As oh, really? As Lee Simpson. Yeah, so now it's called Flanderization. When, oh, you, take, like, the, when okay. you take the aspects of the character that I guess, like, I guess what's happening in, like... A, Star Trek 2009? In a production level is that, like, their execs might be saying, like, oh, people really like these jokes. So, yep, keep it coming. So it's like, oh, we really like when Steve Carell, you know, says that's what she said. <laughs> so keep that coming. And then, yeah, that becomes the whole character. It happens to every show. I think it's impossible not to. Even a self-aware show like Community does it hard. I mean, that's what happened to Futurama, to every character. And then I was like, all right, I'm out. It always starts with a little bit more nuance and then characters kind of fit into roles. And I guess that's just another part of writing is you have, of course, a plan in the beginning. But, you know, as you go along the journey with the characters and certain things work better than others, you find. So dynamics change. But, yeah. That's why I find myself liking either, like, first albums of artists or, like, first seasons of shows. Where it's very unfiltered. Yeah. Uh, they're not, you know, it's their first go. They're, they didn't get there's no feedback for nope. them to change anything but yeah yeah you're right because like when they make a season of show they just make it and then they release it yeah and they have like a pilot to like show the execs but like then they're like okay let's hope this people like this yeah let's see like first season of bob's burgers when bob's calling tina a retard is that what, is that in the first season yeah. of bob's burgers like they just have stuff like that and then like nope okay let's get that out of uh yeah, future yeah. seasons yeah and then yeah like when then Bender saying bite my shiny metal ass every fucking episode of Futurama <laughs> and it's ha 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 uh, ha ha anyways it's um, Barbados Slim <laughs> next episode we're doing Search for Spock 
As requested by our viewers, they want more Star Trek. We're going to give it to them. Who requested this? I want a name. Who? Jimmy. That guy that messaged us on our Instagram. Did you see that? Sent us a wall of text. Is that today? This is not a joke. Is it today? No, Sky messaged us trying to promote his fucking movie or something. Let me pull it up. Look, that's that's the game you play when you put the hashtags, man. It's crazy. Like, we... Like, it's not like we have a ton of messages, but we've gotten a few messages of people, like, wanting to, like, promote and shit. It's and because they're clicking the film hashtag. Yeah. And they're going, follow, 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 DM, 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 DM. Yeah. If one fish bites, we're eating dinner tonight anyway, so that's all it takes. This guy said, hey there, please find below a complimentary screener of our movie. I'm not going to say it. Fuck you. Um, the film... Is available now from at not gonna say it. June sixteenth was our official worldwide release day. It's a documentary about ca Canadian comedian Richard Lett. Blah 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 blah. And then yeah, several critics have called it one of the year's best films. <laughs> wow. Anyways, I want not, the name of the critic. Not gonna review your movie, buddy. Sorry. Yeah, we'll review it. We'll review my Winnipeg though, but not that. It will review that one, too, in a doubleheader. No. Do you have a movie you want to do after Search for Spock? The only one I, I can think of right off the bat is the one that I was telling you about, which is, like, I don't even know if it's a cult movie. Which one? Putney Swope. The one with, like, the black marketing executive. Jim Taranga of Watts, California is eating a bowl of ethereal cereal. Is that from that movie? Yeah. Oh. Um... We don't have to do it right away because we need to vet its cult status. You pick something. I always pick something. I need more time. Well, next time I just think of a movie before. <laughs> uh, what, what we should do is just alternate week by week. Well, yeah, that's what we were doing. And then I kind of picked up the uh, slack there. Oh, okay. Let's, let's go visit the IMDb page. We'll pick something quick. Tron, that would be fun. Hmm. You know what? It's been like four years since I watched Tron, but that movie was less fun than I thought it would be. But Which we can one? still the original. Yeah. Yeah. But we could definitely still watch it. It's got Jeff Bridges. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's got to be Joker. What? Why? We get this stupid list every time. Is it this one? Is this a good one? Yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, Have you seen This Is Spinal Tap? No, but we just did like a heavy metal movie. Rocky Horror Picture Show would be fun. That's a great movie. Okay, you're skipping all the movies. Uh, oh, shit. We should do The Wall. Because we have a couple buddies who have been wanting to watch it. And we can get together and we can, we can make like the Beatles and come together and watch that movie. Yeah, okay. I'm down. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, let's do it. The Wall. Do you want to watch the um, Nostalgia Critics version of that movie? Yeah, we'll do a double, we'll do a double review with the Nostalgia Critics... And uh, and Pink Floyd's. Did he make a movie of it, or was it just the album? No, he made like a shitty fucking video about it. Anyways, that was it. Um, no plug. I don't feel like it. Uh, bye. You know where to go.